0: The strong, the powerful Susan Ryder has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Susan.
1: Hi, how are you this morning?
0: We are doing great. Susan is an MS, GBHR, and a CDHC. She's the Chief Operating Officer and Head of Sales at Preventure Group. I'm excited to have you back on. Susan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Yes, so currently I uh, am working for a startup called Preventia Group where we uh, marry together lifestyle providers, behavioral health providers, and um, a food marketplace where employers can incentivize through healthy food options to change behavior within their employee population. However, that's not why we're here today. Today we're going to talk about mentorship.
0: That is right. And certainly, hopefully, hopefully people who are listening have have been a part of a mentor relationship at some point on either end of it as the mentor or the mentee. Um, so I'm, I, I know that it's played an important role in my life. Um, so what is it about mentorship that is so important to you?
1: You know, I think I've been very lucky throughout my career that I have had very strong mentors, male and female, which I think is important. Um, And I, you know, a lot of uh, the mentoring that I've done over the years is very mindful, intentional, and just trying to establish that very strong relationship that involves trust, respect, and commitment to help the person on the other side. One of the greatest things really is that both the mentor and the mentee gain things out of the relationship that maybe they didn't expect to, to see or receive uh, going into it. And so I think that's the most rewarding aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. How it's it, interesting, um, the relationships that you've had in the past, um, I, I to, to, to your point, both people will certainly benefit from it in lots of different ways, potentially in ways that, that that you probably never would have expected. Um, But you, you use the term um, intentional. So how intentional should somebody be about seeking out a mentor or, or being a mentor? How do organizations go about that with, with, without forcing things?
1: Yeah. So a couple of different things, you know, sometimes professional organizations that we belong to have very structured mentoring programs for people that are new to the industry, uh, where folks that might be a little bit more seasoned are willing to okay. share their knowledge and wisdom. Uh, so that they can engage new members from the beginning, so that eventually they become those active members of the business or the association or whatever the organization is. Um, and so I think, you know, it's it's really important to understand what is the intent of a mentoring program. Is it something that is uh, required, or is it something that's optional? You know, is it something that is formal or is it more informal in nature? So for instance, I went through a certified mentoring program called Pass the Torch many years ago, in which it was very structured and intentional. And we worked with college students as they go through their journey. And then many of them actually, I still keep in touch with now that they're in their career. And so we just do regular touch points to kind of see how things are going and kind of help coach them along the way as needed
0: yeah and I, i i was just thinking about the different programs that i've been involved with in the past and it does normally the most successful ones have have been more structured and just because they were through some kind of an organization or a group has that been your experience as well
1: yeah, I think those programs are a bit more viable, um, and I think it's because someone is holding both parties accountable. You know, you're typically signing some type of commitment form. Um, there are different activities that they suggest they don't require, uh, but it helps those that might not be natural leaders, uh, you know, keep things on pace so that it's a meaningful relationship and experience for both parties.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's it, it's interesting that people. You know, one of. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. No, please. I would say one of the um, you know really cool things I think that naturally transpires from many of these relationships is that someone gains a promotion within their company, or maybe uh, someone identifies a strength. You know, if it, if it's an organization wide mentorship maybe there's a mentor that untaps something that has not been pulled out of one of their employees and maybe that's the next big thing that needs to happen for that organization so it's a way in which you can um, really help leverage the expertise of someone that might not naturally speak up and I think those are really rewarding situations for any organization
0: yeah uh, that's a thousand percent true um, and that's certainly on both ends of of the mentor and the mentee. People are not necessarily wired mm-hmm. to all be sharing and giving, or they just might not think, "Well, who am I to 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 be a mentor?" When in fact, you could be just the perfect mentor, and you have all this wisdom and knowledge that many people would 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 benefit from from learning and hearing about. So. Having that structure in place and giving people the tools to be able to share in a, for lack of a better term, a safe space, um, super valuable.
1: You know, there's uh, many different ways that I think with COVID and everything that we've seen new mentoring type relationships expand. So thinking about those that might serve as a youth group advisor, right, they're helping young people. Uh, engage in conversation and extracurricular activities in the current state in a virtual way, Um, but that helps them stay on the path maybe to go to a college in the future or a tech school in the future or just keep them engaged in conversation so that we address things like mental health or we're uh, keeping them in a positive uh, mindset. And then I think, you know, as a manager or um, any type of leader within an organization, our job is really to help our employees stay on their career path so that they can achieve whatever their personal uh, goals are so that they, uh, you know, hit whatever that greatness uh, goal is. And I think that's different for each person. So we, as managers and leaders, need to keep that in mind, right? Not everyone wants to get promoted. Some people just like to do the job that they're doing, but they want to do it in a different way, and that's okay. You know, sometimes we do coaching and mentoring, and that means someone might leave an organization, and that's okay, too, right? Uh, Our job is to help grow our people and help them lead meaningful lives.
0: Amen. Amen. And yes, those those are both great results. That person could stay on and 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 re- rise through the ranks within your organization or they might find that it's just not the 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 perfect fit for them and then they move on, but 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 both are great because they'd be more comfortable in 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 a different just somewhere else. So that certainly requires I suppose uh, 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 perhaps the term is a confident person or somebody who's very comfortable with themselves and an organization that is, and really is living their values. Um, so that's not necessarily the easiest thing. Correct. But and it I is. Think, but, yeah, uh, go ahead.
1: Organizations need to also think about how they want to groom people for purposes of succession. So, right now, if we look at like LinkedIn and other social media sites, that seems to be a very popular topic. How do we continue to innovate and grow, but how do we also build leaders from within for future sustainability purposes? And so, mentoring is one way in which you can do that. You know, many organizations are building that coaching culture, if you will, where they're using books like Radical Candor to kind of help build that foundational way to give constructive feedback uh, to those that might need it, you know, to identify some of the blind spots that they have. And then I also think leaders need to make sure that they're leading with their authentic self. So the most rewarding thing to me would be that if I someday were able to train someone to take over my role right when I decide to retire when I decide to move on or whatever the situation is if I've groomed someone well enough to do my job that is a huge compliment
0: yeah I appreciate that so it sounds like when an organization is is ready or thinking about in a place a program if it's for mentorship or coaching um, which essentially are, are very very similar things to look ahead at the future of developing talent and succession planning and all those really important things that you probably need to really start with the end in mind of this is the idealized version of what this program should be these are the outcomes that we're looking for and and we're we're going to be happy with the outcomes if Stacy or Johnny stay with the company forever, or if Stacy or Johnny move on, so putting that in place up front,
1: right? And you know, I what I've found and experienced over uh, the different programs that I've participated with is that many people who are the mentee do have a higher chance for promotion because they've learned some of those soft skills from their mentor. We see higher engagement rates with those people. Meaning that they're actively involved in their organization. They're not just doing their job. Uh, we see higher retention rates, and then really they become some of the strongest brand ambassadors for the organization, which that's you can't ask for a greater return on investment if you're a business leader.
0: No, I totally agree where all organizations are looking for retention, they're looking for engagement and they're looking for, for people who are thrilled to be working there and are, 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 are sharing that. So the expectations in any kind of a relationship are, are so key in having those up front. So understanding what the leadership and the mentor, what their expectation is. Um, I think that's probably clearer, maybe not, but, what should somebody who is a mentor or the uh the actual mentee what what do they need to be bringing into the relationship
1: yeah so one of the things that i've always uh thought was positive is that programs where the mentee is really driving the train so they are picking the date and time they're ensuring that they are holding themselves accountable to do any tasks in between mentoring sessions that uh, they mutually agreed upon with their mentor. And then the mentor's responsibility is really to help check in from time to time in between those formal meetings to make sure that the mentee is staying on track. You know, especially in the world today, there are a lot of distractions. And sometimes we just need additional reminders or pokes to just stay on that trajectory to move forward.
0: Isn't that the truth? <laughs> we all do need to be uh, the, 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 the occasional reminder or poke to, to make sure that we are staying on course. And I'm also thinking about different experiences that we've had or that, rather that I've had um, over the years of working. And you mentioned um, undergraduates or, or students and sometimes those relationships can yes. be so frustrating for the mentor because, uh, because sometimes the mentees are too apathetic about it. They're not following up. They are not uh, driving everything like you were talking about. And I don't know if if, if, you've, got a, if you've got a cure for, for apathy, Susan, then we're probably really on to something. But um, any advice in that area?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I do teach in um, undergraduate studies for human resources, and so trying to keep folks who want to move forward with their degree uh, can be challenging, especially in a virtual climate, and so I think we all just need to be a little bit more accommodating to understand that many things are getting in everybody's way, and so just adding a little bit of empathy and compassion to what we do, um, no different. Than how we would want to be treated if we were going through a life changing situation. Right. And so reaching out in different ways, maybe an undergraduate student responds better to a text message versus um, a phone call or an email. So just knowing how they want to be communicated with, I think, is uh, one thing to set up front and then um you know just setting what your expectations are you know i am a mentor i expect as part of this mutual relationship that we start meetings on time that we end on time that if for some reason you can't be there that's okay But it's your responsibility to communicate with me to reschedule or to cancel with enough notice. Like we should not be canceling things five minutes prior as an example. That's not a way that you build some of those professionalism skills for the future workforce.
0: That is not a way to do that. I think that that's all so important. Um, Empathy and compassion, treating people how we want to be treated Uh, I don't know that those are are lost because they're not, but it's so important to just stick and go back to those foundational things which are true today and have always been true. The golden rule, you need to treat people how you want to be treated and then to be empathetic. And just because you're used to phone calls or emails doesn't mean that your mentee is comfortable doing that. So So being mindful of that, I think it sounds simple, but it's easier. It's a lot easier said than done. So working hard at that and setting your expectations as a mentor up front, also so important. Like, that's okay. It's not always going to work out exactly the way that we're doing it, but I do need you to be more communicative than just bailing on me at the last minute. So I think that that's also important.
1: And again these are skills like if they do that with you you know those are skills that are transferable that they'll use as they follow their career trajectory and many times you see that they've tweaked or modified their leadership style based on things that they've observed from other leaders that they admire so things where they're like oh well i could Look at this from a slightly different lens and modify mm-hmm. my style in this way. Um, I think that, you know, is really a way that any individual grows. And still today, even though I'm in an executive role, I still have mentors that I rely on, where I can simply bounce an idea off of them, and they will candidly tell me, "Susan, you're way off track," or "Susan, this is a great conceptual idea." What if you did it in this way instead of that way? Or how, what if you approached it from this, you know, angle? And so I think we all need to be aware that throughout different phases of our career and our life, we need different types of mentors. Again, some male, some female, some internal, and some external mentors. I think it's good for us to have that uh, trusted advisor that can help guide us when we sort of get off the track, if you will.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I meant to touch on that. Um, the, the value of having a a mentor from, for, for, for you that have been both male and female. Why has that been good?
1: Well, I think it's important because, um, although not everyone wants to talk about it, I think, men and women approach things in different ways. And, you know, as more and more women try to break the glass ceiling, if you will, they need to learn from their male allies. And their male allies, many times, are the ones that help them get their voice heard and help them get a seat at the table. And so uh, getting their buy-in, gaining their trust and listening to what has helped them succeed many times can help us in different ways, maybe not in the same way that they got there, uh, but we can certainly learn from approaches that they took that might be different from what we're thinking
0: yeah, it's so important to to have mentors from as many different if, if it's outside of your field or inside of your field and just people who are different from you in in as many different ways as possible, because we do all move through the world differently. We have different perspectives and uh, so much to be learned from 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 all those people. So I appreciate that. Well, Susan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: So I would just say it's important, especially in the busy world that we're in today. That if someone asks us for advice or our opinion, that we do that in an authentic way where we are actively listening to their question and then providing the advice. We need to give them the time regardless of how busy we are because each of us, when we were needing an opinion, someone probably dropped things for us. And so again, just leading with empathy and compassion and helping people as best we can uh, in the busy world that we all reside in.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And Susan, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Yes. So I am um, on LinkedIn at Susan Ryder. And I am also on uh, Twitter at SMRNAR01 is my Twitter handle. Or you can reach me at Preventa Group at SRyder. R-I-D-E-R at group.com. Hope you're having a great day and I'll talk to you soon.
0: Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Susan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Susan on LinkedIn, Twitter. Shoot her an email. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Susan. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.